Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we have a social entrepreneur from Trinidad, Daniel Francois, and he works for one company but he's also starting one of his own with some other people. So welcome, Daniel. Hi, Peter. Good day. Thanks to be here. Okay. So, Darnell, you are a business designer for the client catchers. Correct. Well, first of all, what is a business designer? And second, what is the client catchers? Okay, so firstly, a business designer, in this sense, uh, I was uh, tutored by the Future, that's an LA agency with Chris Doe. Uh, so a business designer basically is a problem solver that uh, uses creativity to design business, meaning in the common sense, people are graphic designers or web designers, and what the agency and school uh, stands for is you have to problem solve with design. The creativity on its own is just art. If you're talking about being a designer, it has to be geared towards actually solving a problem. So that's why I chose the title business designer. And what about the company? And the company uh, we are into, it's basically a full, a full service digital agency. We deal with web design, web development, app development, and before we get to any diagnosis of any problems, we have a session, basically like a therapy session, where we we ask you about your business and, and let you tell us about your company a bit before we make any diagnosis. You kind of tell us your problems, like a doctor will, basically. So we are, <laughs> so that's that's our strategy. We have uh, discovery sessions, is what you call it, so we can discover any problems and what are the good things, the, the weak points, and then together we'll form. Uh, a diagnosis basically okay let's start with your education where did you go to school uh well primary school i went to Newtown boys rc in trinidad port of spain then i went to fatima college and then i went to the university of the west indies um at the university of west indies i studied communication international relations and i majored in spanish ah okay so you're bilingual. You speak several languages. See, <laughs> and a bit of French. <laughs> okay. Okay. So after your education, did you start with client catchers, or did you have other jobs before that? Well, during my tenure at the, the university, my friend, same co-founder actually, Ryan Augustine, he's kind of a common theme in my uh, my business life. We had a company called Beats by Chuff. Uh, it was a play in the name against Beats by Dre. It was an accessory business. Um, we used natural beats. He went to Costa Rica and he found some really natural kind of wooden beats and it was just really eye-catching. And his father asked him about it and people started asking about it. People asked him if he, if he makes more if, so they can pray with it and different things like that. And he's like, Dan, like, yo, if there's anyone that I need to run this by, possibly it'll be you. And if you convince me, we'll do this together. And we laughed because we're two, you know, young males in school and like an accessory company, Beats. And I was like, 
but why not, you know, because in college, it's not your most affluent days, you know, you're usually eating ramen noodle diet, so I was like, well, let's try it. let's try and see, because I actually liked it also, you know, I said, I'll wear it, and he said, okay, well, well, what's your name, if you, if you find a name, then we'll do it, and his nickname was Chuff, because he's kind of, when he's younger, he's a little uh, chuffy, as you say, a little chubby, and his brother was big Chuff, and he was little Chuff, so I was like, you know what, Beast by Chuff, and he's like, you know what, that sounds good, let's do it. And we went on to uh, basically supply some of our, the carnival bands were designed eventually. Um, we had some soca artists and entertainers like Marshall Montano, Kesti Ban, and different people in the beats, Ulfa Niles. A bunch of people like it ended up being a, quite a hit because we, we customized the beats. So our approach is what made us different because there's jewelry everywhere. We only use natural items and we never made the same necklace or or, or um, band or headband or anything we always tailored every single one it was everyone was a one of one that was our catch for the trinidad market because people in trinidad like to be different and you don't want to see yourself in the same thing i mean if it's a nike shoe you understand it's a nike shoe so mentally the customer accepts that but for us we know to break in market we needed a, a value proposition so the one-on-one -on -one was was our value proper it worked so then the client catchers. And then the client <coughs> catcher. So we decided to end when we realized that it was a lot of time trade-off. You have to go get the materials, <laughs> then you have to make them, then you have to meet the customer. Uh, there, there was not an automated process. You know, I guess this is where my business brain was coming in, where it's like, okay, we're getting burnt out. The, the profit doesn't really justify this process. We, we made a lot of connections and I told that was good. So at this juncture, we're finishing, I wrapped up my tenure at school here as well. So I was like, uh, we both were like, yeah, this isn't something we just, you know, let's really be these guys that spend most of the day that's doing this. So uh, we tried to do our website and the cost for that wasn't the cheapest. <laughs> and, we were recently out of school, so I didn't get a job as yet. And we were like, okay, well, let's call it a day. You know, we, we got to design for kind of bands on these different things. It was, a good, it was a good run. And I tried to do a, a ticketing company with some friends. And I get a little early lesson that you need to vet your friends in the same way you vet strangers when it comes to business, you know. So that's an early business lesson that that, that didn't get off the ground. Uh, so I just sunk money into nothing there. And that got me... I always had an eye for tech. I listened to podcasts and different things like that, and I led to the client catchers, basically. Uh, I did, of course, a Ty Lopez called the 67 Steps, and then he had an SMMA course, Social Media Marketing Agency, and that got me into really, okay, I can probably do this for money because the job market is a little tight in Trinidad, and I, want, I always wanted to be self-sufficient. So even though I did get, and I get a job with my friend's mom's company, I... I decided to pursue this online, you know, and in, in doing that, I I fell in love with all the aspects of me that was able to come out. You have to you have to market yourself, you have to figure out content, you have to do all these things. And Ryan came on board with me. Uh, I think my fr other friend Christian came on board with me for a little while, um, and yeah, we started marketing and pitching clients. And we became lifelong learners through this process also because you have to keep learning things and we like to do things at a high level, you know. So that's led me to the future and these different uh, companies that will teach us design thinking, brand strategy and 
how to structure a company as a designer. So you're not just an artist creator, but you're solving problems with your design. Excellent. And where are your customers? Are they all over the West Indies or? Well, to be <coughs> quite funny, my first customer was actually from Canada. Uh, it was a company called, I think it's Local Assets or something like that. Um, I found them in a Facebook group because they're teaching you how to find customers online and different things like that. And, you know, friends and family aren't always your first biggest custom, uh, customers or believers. So I was like, you know what, we learn this web design. Let me go online to see who I can convince to give me a try. Uh, people didn't really take uh, fairly to anyone that didn't have a portfolio. So I was like, you know what, let me design a website for free. So I threw it on a, in a Facebook group. I'm going to design a website for free. So I got a ton of inbox <laughs> messages. I did two for free. And after that, the third message was like, hey, well, I have a portfolio now. I will charge you, let's say, $300 for a website. The guy was like, I'm not starting up myself, yada, yada. I was like, I'll do it for 200 And he's like, okay. And that was my first client. I, did, I got paid through, uh, through PayPal, and that was my first client, someone from Canada. And... Um, after that, well, yeah, the snowball effect, Ryan also jumped on the bandwagon, and here we are. <laughs> so we have clans in America, we have clans in Trinidad, uh, we have clans in Canada. Yeah, so mainly those three areas, I'll see we have clans. Um, when Ryan was playing beach football, we also got clans in Central America. What about uh, Jamaica? Jamaica, do we have clans in Jamaica? Um... We, I may or may not be remembering your name. <laughs> okay, so you got to expand. You got to make it bigger. <laughs> to be honest, okay, so that will take me into our thoughts on expansion. So, um, America, we have quite a few clients that will be recurring. And in Trinidad, we, our biggest, I guess, project today to have been what we did last year with the Ministry of uh, Transports and Works, where we helped them with the driving TT website campaign and, and development. Um, so that was really good. The thing with, with clients, we, it was going actually pretty pretty good in, locally as well in terms of the, the size of clients we started getting, our prestige went up. Uh, the work we were offering was really good. So people didn't mind paying after they saw what we could have done, you know? But um, funny enough, last year was COVID and the world was going fully digital and the Caribbean people were cutting back on digital spending during that which was crazy, you know, they didn't understand that they should double down. They, they, they wanted to save their money, put it elsewhere, and they, they thought it'll blow over in a month. Island people are sometimes crazily optimistic, <laughs> you know. Uh, they'll say God is a treaty, that's a common phrase in our country, which is, a, is not the, the best contingency plan, as you could imagine. And um, it didn't work out well for them, and it also didn't work out well for us in, in the short term, you know. So... That actually got us back on track with our education project, which you're aware of. So, yeah, we didn't want to depend on client money in that way. And we said, Let, let's uh, focus on building a real solution outside of just you know, design. We have the design shops, we have the business acumen, so let's really solve this problem. And that, that's our study space. So it's partly born, which I could go into the bio now, if you, if you let me. So, Darnell... Will you yeah. be with this company three years from now, or will you be starting another company of your own? Uh, study space, I think I will be with it three years from now. Okay. Because it's a little more near and dear to me than something fleeting as, I guess, bees design, you know? 
so how study series began really Ryan's brother well he had a second child and he's trying to find a way to have more time for them while making money so he's trying to figure out this passive income thing he said well, I'm a teacher how, do, how does a teacher or tutor be you know passively income your, your time is, is your inventory basically with these kids so we told them that there must be a way we can probably upload some content online and make it replayable or you, you, you do it in advance at least a week or two before each uh, session and all you have to do is maybe correct papers and you can hire people to do that and which he did however he didn't follow through the online uh, system we wanted to make with the videos and that sort of thing um we wanted to charge a premium for his actual time of contact and we have this little online system so we i did we did a discovery session with him we did a business plan a business model we will take 20 percent of the platform and we will charge him anything up front you know and he got cold feet at the end to be honest to make a long story less long and uh, he didn't think we ha- we could have really pulled off what we showed him on the board that was really okay now to his little brother and and the little brother friend that he knew for so long now nah, they can't do this digital thing that they're, they're proposing here and that kind of gave us a drive like you know what let's do this for someone else and then we're like we really do it for someone else and it's like actually we were both teachers of ourselves and we like the country actually needs this you know and like do we think we do something for the country and that made us dig into okay can we really handle this task because that will come with a lot of unforeseen things you know and well we did as you, as you know and we put together a team uh yeah sylvester from field she was one of our early supporters and from there I, we kept scouting i guess human resource advisors talent and we kind of built it into startup it is today where we are ready to launch a beta test next month with a pretty robust product for teachers parents students and the government so client catchers how many employees well client catchers we had about five people well we have i didn't say past and had we have about five so ryan and i well i'll get i'll do business development and communications and I, I took my foot off the web designer pedal so we could specialize some more for, for growth. Uh, Ryan went deeper into development. So he, just, he went more from just be a designer to developer and then HTML, CSS, as well as recruiting uh, Tarek, who was into data. Tarek Paris, we had Javed Ali, who was also a hardcore developer. Uh, we had Diana as our project manager for the CRM and those sort of things. And we'll have people coming in and out of our agency model, like uh, other niche video agencies or that sort of thing. So we'll just share clients like that. So a video client from another group we'll have networked with will need a website and we'll get their, their jobs. And likewise, one of our clients will need a video and we'll kind of outsource to them and we'll just take a percentage of, of the money. And that's how we kind of scale through Trinidad and, uh, and online, basically. So you're bringing in freelancers and contractors. Yeah. Outside of our core team, that's how we would have kind of got referral jobs and was able to really capture more customers, basically. Well, these freelancers and contractors, are they from anywhere in the world? Um, the majority was from Trinidad. However, we did work with people, like I said, uh, in, a, in, a, you, in the U.S. mainly. Um, the reason, reason being, well, I guess in my experience, Americans in these Facebook groups, which is, Facebook groups are really powerful. Like people speak about all these other platforms. Facebook groups, there are a lot of people circle around niches and they're very open to 
collaboration and work, and a lot of our work came from those Facebook groups in terms of outside the Caribbean uh, jobs. So are you and the company on LinkedIn? Uh, we, we are on LinkedIn, yes. My, I use my personal profile because we find people respond more to a, a human image rather than just the, a company page speaking to them. So I got some business through LinkedIn also. Okay. So let's move on to study space. Yes. How, how, where did that come from? Right. So that's a touchback. So study space. Uh, I would say the birth of, I guess, Ryan Brothers Child, which would have sparked that whole meeting for creating time for him. But study space was really born, I believe. Ryan and I always had a thing for education. And it, it, in good and bad ways, meaning we were students and we were given driven trouble sometimes if we didn't like the way a teacher would even, would even, I guess, even go about the education. Like, you just need to do this because you need a job. And you'd be like, well, if I was a teacher, I, I wouldn't have, you know, told a student this. Like, we always used to have these conversations in between. I guess we were educators before we knew it, you know? That's why I said, yes, maybe it came out as his brother's one for multiplying himself online as a catalyst. But I think deep down, we were always tutors, you know? Uh, and we did, after school, we did became, I was a Spanish teacher, and Ryan was a math teacher. So I think study space was born from our need to kind of have things done a certain way. And we believe education was our equalizer because we were from middle class uh, homes, basically. And Fatima is almost exactly the college in the country, and it was afforded to us by education. So we were never unaware of that, that education creates opportunity. You know, we lived it, basically. You know, Ryan went on to captain the football school also, the football team at high school in Fatima. But all of them would, would not have been possible without education. So we were always grateful for education. So when teachers or students take it for granted, as young and crazy as we were as adolescents, we still, you know, a switchable on, like, you know, now it's exam time, we need to focus, or we need to pay attention for this for the future, for whatever reason, I'm not sure. And, but here we are with study space. So, yeah. So study space, just to give you a bio, it's a digital platform that centralizes access for governments and schools for nationwide access by uh, students, basically, the K-12 curriculum. Uh, we're not ruling out university. We actually have a beta testing group with a faculty from our university, but it's not our launch group, right? So the core will be K-12, and then we'll be going into university as well as the skills sector, the upskilling for corporate jobs, that sector. But that's what studies is about is so at scale we can make it very accessible for everyone we can make it cheaper for the government to afford and be that's really our main customer the the heads of schools or the school districts and the governments you know we, we don't really not direct the customer but that's not our customer acquisition target basically so darnell will that be trinidad only or are you going to expand it to other communities in the, the caribbean well the last two months have been crazy in terms of feedback from our pitch deck and product video and the the mission of the company, you know, that nationwide access seems to really strike a nerve with people in a good way or strike a chord, not a nerve. And uh, they believe in the vision, they believe in the team because we have an in-house development team um, of five. We have five in-house developers and Ryan being the chief user experience and user interface designer with a separate from the developers 
And they like how structured we have it. We are trademarked, we're registered. We took it really seriously, and people were kind of impressed by that, that we had our due diligence in place outside of just the idea. And it'll be Trinidad, and I'm speaking to other countries currently, uh, other, I guess, decision makers in different countries. Uh, I also have a talk with a guy also from Canada, actually. I met him yesterday. <laughs> so right before the podcast. I told him about you. And he's like, so you think about Canada? I'm not sure if you recognize your name. And he's like, I was like, well, yeah, I'm thinking about Canada. And he's like, we need to have a, a conversation. A guy called Nabel. I met him online in Clubhouse. So, no, so this is for developing countries and emerging markets. So it's definitely not a turn thing. Like I said, we are proponents of education because we saw what it afforded us for upward social mobility. And, yeah, I mean, an educated person just makes better decisions, you know. So why would we want to hold that? That should be shared. That should be universal in our in our, I guess, ideology. So, Darnell, what are your sources of revenue for this new business? Well, pre-revenue, right now it's still pre-revenue, and so far it was our own <laughs> income, basically, from the client catchers. And also, my brother would have loaned me money when, uh, I guess, the developers or anyone needed an extra boost of income. But yeah, we funded things ourselves. So it's completely bootstrapped. Um, so it's <laughs> run on money and passion. And we, the good thing about it, nobody in the company has yet has a salary and everyone has equity so far and they believe in the vision, which is very important, I believe, in an early startup. Because if, if people don't believe in the vision and you have to pay them, the, the minute anything goes wrong or takes long, most likely they will they'll bail on you, you know? So we want to find people that believe in the vision and luckily we, we did, you know? What about grants and sponsors? Well, so for the, our revenue model, like I said, it's going to be B2G, business to government, and then B2B would, would be the schools, private and public, alike in different countries. And well, B2C, it'll, it'll be like a by the way thing. But um, we also will be approaching financial, financial institutions, uh, NGOs to help us, I guess, raise funds for the the schools that will be able to fully afford the, you know, fully afford the situation. So it'll be a kind of crowd, a crowdfunding kind of situation and outside of just people paying for it, outside of the government subsidizing. Grants, we definitely will be applying for some grants locally as well as in other countries. Uh, we've packed, we've packed in accelerators. Um, tomorrow, I actually have an interview with the Draper University to join the accelerator. They're excited about the project. Um, so yeah, that's 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 been our main thing going forward. We already have the revenue model set up, but grants speak into partnerships of it with corporates for their, you know, tapping into corporate social responsibility fund, um, NGOs, as well as accelerators to making the right connections, finding every day I'm, I'm speaking to people, my calendar has been full every day. It's trying to make sure we take care properly of the distribution network because you know sometimes startups you get obsessive product and user, but then you have no runway to even get this product to who you, you've been planning for, you know? That's a rookie mistake a lot of startup founders made, and we're trying to avoid that, and I think we have been successful so far. Uh, and you do due diligence we are taking in, making sure we have proper distribution network, proper partnerships, and proper financial sponsors. What about a course or a program on entrepreneurship? How to start and run a business? Repeat that one more time. Your pardon? Repeat that one more time. What about a course on starting and running a business? A, a course, I mean, as in for us to introduce one, or you mean that we should take one? You should uh, start one. 
Uh, well, honestly, we are in talks with the Draper Santa Claus to actually have a location in Trinidad, like physically and possibly undertaking that, honestly, with us. So that's actually in the works. That's an exclusive I just gave you there. That's actually in the works because we believe entrepreneurship is, outside of education, in particular entrepreneurship, creates so much possibilities and it makes you into a critical thinker, you know, it makes you into a problem solver. Like when you speak to an entrepreneur like yourself, like you're still sharp, you know, because you have to think this way all your life. You, you think about people before yourself as an entrepreneur. And it sounds cool. And that's something I think young people need to know how to get. Like entrepreneurship sounds really cool, but you have to become selfless. You have to become very vision and mission based <laughs> to be a good entrepreneur as you will you quit, you know, because it isn't always going to be pretty. You're going to be bootstrapped at times unless you come from a very wealthy family. And even then, I'm not sure they'll just keep funding you if you're not doing a good job, you know? So you have to become very resourceful and critical thinking. So that's definitely in use. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm going to send you a website that my partner created, and it shows you how to start and grow a, a, a business. So Great. I think that'll help you. So, in terms of this new organization, where is it going to be three years from now? Three years from now, hopefully it will be region-wide, based on our trajectory. I hope it's region-wide, because uh, I want to take it, I guess, up home first, but I don't want to limit it there. Uh, I believe we have a really good approach of the education. I want it to be all-inclusive, and I want global stakeholders for that reason, so that it's a global approach. In three years, I hope we'll be in some of our close emerging markets. Uh, possibly, I, I think I'll be in Canada and, and North America, based on conversation I had recently for the upskilling and, and those things. And definitely, I want to touch Africa uh, as someone from the diaspora and contribute positively in that way. And yeah, there isn't any limits to where we want to be. But in three years, I think that's where we can be in three years. That's exciting. So how do people get a hold of you? What are, what are the best websites for the two organizations that you've talked about? Well, for the client catchers, we have theclientcatchers.com, which is where we get a bit of our traffic. We have our Facebook page as well as Instagram. Instagram is more active on the Facebook page. I guess people are more into our demographic is more into Instagram. And for study space, you can find out all the information in terms of pitch decks, the product video, to get in contact for either funding or partnerships on studyspacett.webflow.io. That's studyspacett.webflow.io. And my phone, phone or contact numbers are on, on both sites, as well as you can find me on LinkedIn also on Instagram, Daniel Francois. I'll come up on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm very active on social media. And recently, I've joined Clubhouse, and I've been having some pretty interesting conversations on Clubhouse, that audio platform, with Prepare for VC people. I'm part of that community with Jason Cross and Steve Wilkers, as well as just a, a bunch of other people you just meet organically in these rooms. You know, it's really productive. Terrific. Have you learned much about social enterprise as you've started to participate in these two organizations? Well, definitely with study space in recent times, yes. Um, outside of yourself, which we had a, a fruitful conversation about, um, I've been, yeah, really looking into the impact side of things 
uh, as you can tell, the type of business we're running, we definitely into the impact and and that sort of thing. So we've been speaking to the NGOs and corporates about how we can subsidize things and really impact the youth and do workshops. And again, although we have digital platform, we are into blended learning, you know, because I there's certain things I don't think you can replace physically. So we, we are thinking about partnering with, comp- with uh, corporations to have study spaces for that same blended learning factor and uh, really touch the communities, you know, because there are people that even if they have the tablets, they may not have the, the best uh, domicile arrangement for learning, you know? So we want to be a safe haven for the youth to come and learn. Uh, and sometimes it may not even be on study space, maybe just want to get away, you know? Like, but it's be a productive environment, so you'll be learning anyway, whether you're in the platform there or not. It's going to be full of educators, and we're going to have counselors there, we're going to have counselors also on the platform. And Ryan's, his, uh, his fiance is actually a licensed therapist, so she has been guiding us also in that direction. We believe in the same way you, you I guess, you stub your toe, you go to a doctor. You know, we want to have people to understand that your mind, that's the most valuable asset. You need to keep recalibrating your mind, emptying it, you know, getting things off your chest and finding more productive ways to deal with any internal issues you may have, you know. So that's definitely, definitely a big part of our vision going forward. Thank you, Darnell. It's been uh, delightful. You're, uh, you have a lot of passion in what you're doing, and that's what really makes a difference in terms of going forward. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me also, Peter. Um, I hope to stay in contact with you and keep getting your wisdom. 